Welcome to All the Social Ladies, a podcast bringing you candid conversations with the boldest women in digital marketing. I'm Carrie Kirpin, CEO of Likeable Media, and let's get into the show. I wish I had my son Seth in the office today because he would be freaking out at my next guest. Pam Kaufman is the Chief Marketing Officer and President of Consumer Products at Nickelodeon, therefore of Paw Patrol, as far as he's concerned, at least. That's all she's about is Paw Patrol, but really, she's a lot, lot more. Running the Consumer Products Division at Nickelodeon allows her to tap into licensing of incredible talent like Jojo Siwa and more. Take a listen. Welcome, Pam, to the show. Thank you so much for having me. I'm so excited to have you here because of all that you've achieved in your career. Of course, I have been slightly stalking you, have read everything, every interview you've ever been in, everything about you. You've done incredible things at Nickelodeon. But I'd love to ask you, looking back on the entire span of your career, what you feel the three defining moments, if you had to boil your career down into three big things, what would they be? Start with the easy stuff. Let's just leap right into it. Okay. Uh, first of all, you know, it's so funny. I always think back to how hard it was to find a job Mm -hmm. when I graduated college. And now that I'm in this position, I look back at my younger self and I think, Oh my God. Okay. So there are many defining moments. So getting that first job was definitely uh, a big deal. But I would say the defining moment from a career perspective was what got me into the entertainment marketing business. And it was an interview I went on that started like this. When I first, my first interview with an agency was a fabulous guy who said to me, there's this show. Well, it's not a show. It's going to be a show. And it's called The Simpsons. And I see that you have had some experience at your previous agency working with entertainment properties and fast food. So we think you'd be perfect to work on The Simpsons and it's gonna be a big deal. And I thought to myself, I've never heard of The Simpsons. Ah. What are they? But the person interviewing me was amazing. He had the most incredible personality and passion. And ironically, I was with him this morning. Wow. His name is is Joseph Conforti. He's now an artist. Um, He's still one of my most important mentors and friends. But I said, I don't know what the Simpsons are. I don't really understand what this agency does. They were actually an agency that made toys for fast food companies. Oh, wow. So I thought, well, he seems great. The Simpsons sound like it could be cool. So this could be an interesting job for me. And that's what got me into the entertainment space. It's not like you sought out getting into the entertainment space. It just kind of happened. He had this opportunity. Yeah, no, I was working at Gray Advertising, working on a variety of accounts, everything from Citibank to Gordon's Gin and Vodka and the Olive Garden, which I guess passed for fast food. Fast food. And I got this call saying this agency is looking for somebody who would work on this up, up and coming account. Wow. And it turned out to be Burger King. And so that is a huge defining moment for me because I went from this giant gray advertising to this very small company that made toys for fast food. And did your gut just tell you that that was the right decision at the time? Did you have any hesitation or did you just go? My gut told me, oh, I had a lot of hesitation. Okay. I thought, okay, I'm with this fabulous agency. Yep. It took me forever right. to get this job. Gray is like the yeah. epitome of cool when you're thinking like Melrose Place. You're thinking like early in your years of, of looking at cool advertising agencies. You oh, think, Midtown, you think Midtown Manhattan. And now I'm going to this agency of on course. West 20th Street. Of it was course. a little scary back in the day. I love And uh, my gut told me there's something about this guy and there's something about what they're doing that seems like it would be 
really interesting, exciting, and fun. And it was. And that really got me into the space of entertainment. So that was a big moment. Okay. Moment number two. Well, it's interesting because moment number two also takes me in a job transition. Okay. So I was working for Turner Broadcasting at the time and really happy and got a call from Nickelodeon and said, you know, we're looking for somebody to start our promotions group. And I thought, well, Nickelodeon is such an incredible brand and this is a great opportunity. And at the time, Turner and Time Warner were going through a huge transition. And I remember resigning from Turner to go to Nickelodeon. And my boss at the time told me, you're making the biggest career mistake of your life. (gasps) You're going to a B company and you're lucky if the CEO ever knew your name. Can you imagine? People actually said this to you. I cannot imagine. Oh, yeah. I actually can if I think back to certain people I've worked for in, in my past. But it's just an awful, it's such an awful way to exit. I always feel like when, when people exit a company um, poorly, right, when somebody says something like that, it really doesn't reflect on the person who's leaving. It's, it doesn't matter for the person who's leaving. It matters everyone who stays at that organization and sees what that person's like when they when someone leaves. It's an awful thing. Well, you and I were talking before we started about how you really do model yourself after great people. You do. And, you you know, obviously great leaders remember the ones that were awful. He was awful. So I remember I joined the company. And when I joined the company, I brought with me a lot of relationships, Burger King being one of them, among many other companies. And within my first six months at the company, I closed the biggest deal the company's ever had, which was for Burger King to sponsor the Rugrats movie. It was close to a $30 million deal, a marketing deal. And I got a lovely note from our CEO at the time. And I thought, huh, not so bad. And you thought back (laughs) to that exact moment. Of course. Do you think that that, for you, does that type of negativity from the Turner Bros? Right. Does that fuel you to prove someone wrong? Did it make you want to like get back at him? Is no, it didn't make me want to get back yeah. at him. It just, I thought to myself, what an awful way to say yes. goodbye to somebody yes. who actually left the company really happy yes. and really gratified. I, when I look back at my experience there, it was for the most part, extremely positive. I love that. So um, you had a good experience yes, there. great experience. But the, it sounds to me like the real lesson is in trusting your gut because you knew, despite the hesitation to go there, Right. And then and then go on to Nickelodeon. It's the ultimate validity. Right. right. So right. you went into into entertainment marketing, then you go to Nickelodeon, and right. then it's like the ultimate validation of that choice. Like right. you all of a sudden you close this huge deal and here you are and you've arrived. I'm sure that put you right on the map. It put me on the map, but also it just reminds everybody who's listening that relationships are everything in this industry. I mean, or in business, I should say, both personal and professional. And I remember leaving the company and saying to my colleagues at various places like Kraft and Burger King and so forth, saying, I'm going to join this new place. Come along with me. It's an exciting brand. Let's see what we can do here. See, it's and it's because of your relationships with them that you were able to do that and have the impact. I think it's so interesting. We talk a lot about this. Uh, we talk about it in the book. And we talk about it on on the podcast that right. networking and relationships are such a key part of any role in they any are. company anywhere. I think it's such a good good lesson. Okay, third third defining moment. Third defining moment just happened recently. So uh, one of the joys of my life and my career has been to be part of SpongeBob SquarePants. SpongeBob launched almost 18 years ago. Um, and I will tell you to this day, it's, it's one of the most exciting shows and properties I've ever been part of. And earlier this year, we launched the SpongeBob musical on Broadway. 
and having worked on the show, the franchise, again, from almost my entire career and working on the Broadway show and being part of it for 10 years, it was, it is one of the most joyful experiences I've ever had to see how the character and the music and has come to life has been extraordinary. And then to see the audience responding to it. Well, the New York Times review of it, you must have just cried. What an amazing, the reason I know this actually is- I love one that you of know my, that. I do. Well, one of my very best friends is the aunt <laughs> of the lead. Ethan Slater. Yes. Oh, no yes. way. Yes. Oh, that's amazing. Yes. So, well, and Ethan, as you know, has been attached to the show for yes. many, many right. years. From way before. Way before. Yes. And he's been, he was been there from the beginning. Yes. Um, and then opening night, uh, the voice cast of SpongeBob yes. that's been part of the show yes. forever met up with the Broadway cast. And anyway, it was just, it's one of, I, I, it was one of the most, I don't know if it's career defining, but definitely one of my, the most joyful moments of my life. Well, because it's what you're seeing is something that you saw in its relative infancy come to be this larger than life thing that also the thing that I loved about the Broadway show with SpongeBob is that it takes it from a, a very specific audience Did you and see makes it? it so yes, of course. Oh, oh. Makes it so much broader, of course. <laughs> um I yeah, I mean so of course. And when I saw the Times review, I freaked out. Yeah, because we're not really we're not exciting. a SpongeBob house. We'll we'll discuss all of the Nickelodeon properties that we're obsessed okay. with okay, later. Okay. But um I will tell you we were not we didn't grow up as a SpongeBob house, um, the kids. But we have lots and lots of other Nickelodeon properties that we're obsessed with. Okay. Um but so we we actually wouldn't I don't know that we would have gone to see it had we not seen the review hmm. and all of it. And we saw it and we were like, this is really, not only was it good, it's like impo an important message. It really introduces SpongeBob, what I think is to a new audience. So it must be amazing for you to see all of that come to fruition. Well, it's interesting you say new audience. In, in some ways now, the first generation of kids that yes. watch SpongeBob are actually now a adults. adults. And yeah, so, see, I think I missed it you in missed the age it. of the kids, yes, because I so, was too old and my kids were too young. Yeah, and it's yeah, fun yeah. watching these 20-somethings so awesome. just beam. And, and actually, the average age of the audience is in their early 20s. Yes. So it's got a very, very exciting college such crowd, a, as well as obviously kids and families that are going to see it. So that's my, that's my third example of something wow. that's been really exciting and defining. Amazing. I love it. Now, so tell me, obviously, you've been... Um, in this entertainment marketing space for a long time, and especially with Nickelodeon, right. really focused on kids and their parents and marketing. So tell me, tell me what marketers need to know about kids and parents today. You're obviously right at the forefront of all of this. So tell me what do marketers need to know to succeed when talking to kids and parents today? So it's been an interesting journey. When I started at the company, if you think about the audience, um, and I've been with Nickelodeon now 20 years, um, it was really uh, a very different time and it was very much about us versus them. Yep. I mean, kids rebelled against their parents. They yep. couldn't wait to drive, get yep. out of the house. And so, and even the content and the shows, you know, parents did not play a large role. Correct. Today's family, it's a completely different situation. Huh. And, and these, and the question you're asking, we get questions. Uh, asked a lot by a lot of our partners, and that is kids and parents, in some ways, there's a loss of a generation gap. Yeah. And so we're seeing the family unit become closer than ever. I mean, kids consider parents their best friends. Yeah. Parents say the per the people they want to spend the most time with are their kids. And, and so, you know, we're wearing the same clothes, we're watching the same media, we are listening to the same music, uh, and 
definitely kids are making all the decisions in the household. They are deciding where to shop, yeah. where to go on vacation. Yeah. When I started, there were no car companies advertising on Nickelodeon. Now every single car <gasps> company is advertising to us because kids are choosing which car they're driving. You're or, absolutely or right. Families buying. So there's a, it's an, and that is obviously impacting the shows we're making because we're representing so many different kinds of families. Yes. And on top of that, we're representing, I would say the parents in the household or the grandparents in the household um, in a very different way. And they have to have a meaningful role. Um, in the content. And then from a marketing perspective, you want to make sure you're representing the family um, accurately in however you're communicating. Yes. Uh, the second piece I would just say is we have also launched some really interesting experiences because of this. So for example, we just launched the first ever luxury all-inclusive family resort in uh, Punta Cana, which is in the Dominican Republic. Yep. And that is for the family. We are launching the first ever kids and family music festival called Slime Fest in Chicago later this year. So creating experiences, creating content um, and creating marketing opportunities where kids and families are together is vital today. I think this is so fascinating <laughs> and so dead on, right? So I'm thinking back to my earliest memories of Nickelodeon was like, um, you can't do that on television, right. getting slimed, right. total kid experience, right? Uh, and then I now I'm thinking of myself as a parent, and you're absolutely right that there are the immersive experiences. There's going to uh, the resorts or pa like Paw Patrol Live. We just went this weekend. Oh, of, course, of course we did. Of course we I did. I mean, we call that Pearl Jam for preschoolers. It is Pearl Jam for preschoolers. It's Jimmy a huge deal. He was, no. he was there on uh, Saturday. Oh, and goodness, I missed it. Big following. We were there on Sunday. Sunday. Okay, got it. So, yeah, I mean, these types of things. And I think it's because we're so time starved and so disconnected from one right. another as families that we look for these opportunities to connect and connecting through entertainment. Such an interesting thought for we marketers. Call it, it's actually the Velcro family. I mean, this is, they want to spend every minute together. Because so, there are so few minutes. There are so few minutes. And, and this started happening since 9-11. Yeah. So this, 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 this need and want to spend more time together huh. has been kind of happening over time. Now, although we spend a lot of time together, the younger generation also has a very different relationship with their phones and with the media and, right. and how they consume media. Right. Tell me how Nickelodeon has evolved to reach audiences beyond just television. How do we reach them using all of these multiple screens? How do we, sure. how do we get in touch? So the first thing I'll say is TV is still the most important platform yep. for reaching an audience. Yep. It, it's still to this day. I mean, even as a marketer, as we are trying to reach audiences with new shows or new products, Television is the number one place to reach the audience. Uh, beyond that, obviously social media is still a very important part of today's audience. Now, just keep in mind, it is still legal. You have to be 13 and over to be yes. on social media. So from a Nick perspective, our primary consumer are kids two to 11. Yep. And so we are very thoughtful about how we talk about yep. social media. Yep. Uh, so I just want to make that Absolutely. very clear. But we know that Obviously, the consumer is consuming content on all platforms. Yep. So we have representation. We have the most amazing gaming business and a variety of apps. We just launched Noggin, our first subscription service for preschoolers. So I think you'll see us communicating to the audience through various platforms and obviously creating creative to serve 
each platform. That's it. So you did Noggin as a subscription, an online subscription service? Correct. So you changed from, because Noggin used to be on TV and you changed Correct. it to Nick Jr. That changed to yeah, Nick Jr., right? good. Listen to me, I have a thousand children. Not really, three. <laughs> but they, they span the ages. So I have, because I have this wide yes. age gap, I have a almost 15-year-old, an 11-year-old, and a three-year-old. They're all so my I people. Really, they're your people. And so I've run the gamut. How is that for you? It's wild. And running, don't get me started. I'm running a company. We could talk all about that all day. But um, so it's it's interesting the different relationships with media and specifically with yes. with Nickelodeon. Yes. I would have to think back whether it was Charlotte or Kate who was noggin obsessed. I mean, I'll never forget. Like, you know, noggin Probably obsessed. Probably the 15-year-old. The 15-year-old, right? Yes. Was noggin obsessed. And the moose, moose, moose. I see, I still remember all of them. So it's unbelievable. The relationship and the and the familiarity and the warmth and the and the feeling that you have around these shows that help define your children's experiences growing up. Like they're, they're all based on their different shows that they watched, their memories. And so. I'm not sure if you just heard, but we're bringing back Blue's Clues. No, so we're not. We just announced that we're bringing but it's, back. It's not Steve. No more. It's not it's Steve. It's not Steve. We're looking for a new host. So if you know anybody. I do. I do. Send them I know, a lot, I know a lot of hosts potentially. We're bringing back Blue's Clues. I have to say the reaction to that has been Amazing. Of I mean, course obviously it is. a definitional show. Well, yeah. And the mail. Oh my God, I could do this all day. Okay. So have you partnered and have you used influencers in working in your strategy? And if so, do you have to be, I mean, obviously there's a lot out there with influencers that are very popular with kids, but maybe not so appropriate. How do you vet and use influencers for Nickelodeon? You know, it's interesting. I, we were talking a lot about today's generation. Yeah. So next to their parents, influencers are the most important people in yep. kids lives yep. more than the president more than celebrities yep. it's an interesting time right now so uh for us we actually are currently working with one of the biggest i would say influencers in the world and that's jojo siwa of course so another huge one in our house okay. so just jo came out with the book we went to the book signing all the things we did of course of course we'll talk yes. we'll, yes. Talk we'll discuss this. we'll discuss all uh, the things no i'm really so 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 Jojo is has been an amazing relationship for Nickelodeon. And we, we worked with Jojo because again, we know the influencers are important to the audience. Yep. So we met Jojo. She was coming off of Dance Moms. Yep. She's this amazing uh she was twelve or thirteen at the time yep. that we met her. And we thought, wow, she is really an example of yep. a kid that grew up on Nickelodeon. Yep. She's very close to her family. Yes. Um, her message around anti-bullying is in extraordinary. And so we decided to work with Jojo first from a consumer products perspective, yep. because there was a lot of interest in some of the things she was doing yep. and we felt there was more to be done. So we signed her up to work on consumer products. We also, she started starring in a bunch of Nickelodeon shows um, and most recently performed on the Kids' Choice Awards. So, amazing. so I think Jojo has is a perfect example of an influencer that has benefited from the Nickelodeon platform and relationship. Not only has she benefited from the Nickelodeon platform, but she's such a good example of somebody who lives her brand and understands the power of influence. After the Logan Paul disaster, Jojo Siwa posted a picture and said, I am always going to be a family-friendly representation, uh, of a family-friendly influencer for my fans, my community. I would never let you down. And I thought that that as a parent, right. this is now we're in the 11-year-old category. Right. Um, this was such an important thing. And so the choice for me in listening to you, the choice of who to partner with is what's so key 
and that you picked somebody who is really dedicated to truly embodying the Nickelodeon brand and just being really all about being family friendly in yeah, a time I mean, where John, a lot of these kids are getting popularity for very uh, inappropriate and bad things. Right. I, I mean, I, I couldn't agree more. I'll say two things. Um, we spend a lot of time with Jojo because she's she's somebody who's outside of the Nickelodeon family versus yep. some of the other uh, talent that grew yep. up. And, and I'm so proud of her. And she's really amazing and really authentic. And I think, to your point, that's what comes through. Uh, the second thing I'll say as far as partnerships is since I've been with the company, the guiding principle has been what's good for kids is good for business. Yes. And I can honestly tell you, I've never seen us make a decision that wasn't right by the audience. And I've seen us turn down many things that might not have been, that might've been questionable because it wasn't good for the audience. Awesome. So it's really what's good for the kids. Yeah. What's good for that. kids does translate what's good for business. I love that. And obviously it's been very successful for you. Very successful. Yes. Wonderful. <laughs> okay, Pam, we're headed to the lightning round. Okay. All right. You personally ready. We're going to go quick questions. Okay. Here we go. You personally. All right. If you had only one social network to use for the rest of your life, which would it be? Twitter. Twitter. I know. Well, I we like got to stop and like tell me of, why. Because I, I like a lot of the information coming in through that primary stream. Yeah. See, I love the Twitter moments as well, the way to consume news. Okay. If someone only knew you from social media and what you post, what three words might they use to describe you? I hope. Passionate. Yep. Interesting. Yep. And great, <laughs> fun, I, smart, smart, brilliant, brilliant. I get to use all of these words okay. to describe you. Okay, okay. on your um, phone's home screen, if you were looking at your phone, what's what's the go-to apps on your on your on your phone on your phone? What apps do you use the most? Oh, well, definitely the SpongeBob Bubble Party is obviously my, fa my favorite game ever. You love it. Did I was just playing it right before I came? You here. were. Uh, yeah, absolutely. Uh, Uber, which makes me crazy. Yep. Uh, Starbucks and. Uh, F Factor, which is an awesome, awesome dieting program that it I is. Guess. Yes, it's great. We'll talk after. We this. have to talk all about this because I love I'm the F Factor. Um, I want to hear all about this because I'm a whole thirty crazy. But we could discuss. I can't wait to hear this. Okay, last question. What is one piece of advice you would give your younger self? Stay passionate and keep learning from the people that are awesome and the people that are not. Amazing. Pam, if people want to get in touch with you or best places to go check out all the amazing things Nickelodeon is doing, give me all the things everywhere they can go. Obviously, check out Nickelodeon, Nick Jr., Nicktoons. Uh, check out all of our platforms. And for me, obviously, Pam Kaufman on LinkedIn. Awesome. Pam, thank you so much for being on the show. You are one fabulous social lady. Thank you so much. Was, I really appreciate it. Was it was so fun. Yeah, thank you. That was all the social ladies. Don't miss new episodes every week. Subscribe on Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen to your favorite shows. And if you like what you heard, please rate and review the show. I'm Carrie Kirpin, CEO of Likeable Media and author of Work It, Secrets for Success from the Boldest Women in Business. Follow me at Carrie Kirpin everywhere. And for more social smarts, be sure to follow Likeable at Likeable Media. Thanks for listening. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Uh-huh.